Hi, this is Cheryl Peterson with the Community of Christ Scientist. I'm going to read a Christian Science Bible lesson sermon from the New King James Version of the Bible, copyrighted by Thomas Nelson, and from 21st Century Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, a modern version of Mary Baker Eddy's Science and Health, copyrighted by Cheryl Peterson. The subject, Creator. Golden text is from Matthew. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Second Samuel. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Reba. But David remained in Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, Is not that Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. For she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so that she sent and told David, and said, I am with child. In the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab, and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter, saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retreat from him, that he may be struck down and die. So it was while Joab besieged the city, that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew that there were valiant men. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab, and some of the people of the servants of David fell, and Uriah the Hittite died also. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent by him. And the messenger said to David, Surely the men prevailed against us and came out to us in the field. Then we drove them back as far as the entrance of the gate. The archers shot from the wall at your servants, and some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Joab, Do not let this thing displease you, for the sword devours one as well as another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it. So encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. 21st Century Science and Health Evil is conspicuously broadcast today showing off itself in consumerism, materialism, and sensualism. Evil is struggling against the advancing spiritual era. The world may lack spirituality, and people may not be able to keep a promise or make a home happy. But human minds are demanding spiritual understanding and reformed attitudes. As with any reform, a transition period will be felt. Transition periods are often unsettling and undesirable. However, why buck the trend when the reform compels us to find permanence and peace 
in a more spiritual devotion. The mental development that has brought infidelity to the surface will need to keep improving to bring about faithfulness. Infidelity weakens marriage, whereas faithfulness strengthens marriage. Rick Warren wrote in the book, The Purpose Driven Life. Your most profound and intimate experiences of worship will likely be in your darkest days, when your heart is broken, when you feel abandoned, when you're out of options, when the pain is great and you turn to God alone. Adversity teaches human beings not to lean on a collapsible crutch. Spiritual development doesn't come from planting seeds in the dirt of materialist views. These seeds not rot, whereas love nurtures the higher joys of spirit, which have no taint of earth. We forget this when life is fine. But when mortals belch, or the economy goes sour, or people think their partner is boring, the heart is pierced with sadness until we remember that sorrow can't, can be therapeutic, forcing us to enter the domain of spiritual happiness and reliance. God will take care of us as we travel a trajectory unfolding new views of divine goodness and love. When a relationship is going well, pay attention. Otherwise, an increasing dependence on one another may yank the rug out from under your feet. If, on the other hand, your relationship is rocky, don't react, but hope, pray, and wait patiently on divine wisdom to point the way. Husbands and wives should never separate if there is no Christian demand for it. The logic of events will reveal itself. In those cases, when one spouse is better than the other, then the better spouse is good company for the worse. Author and pastor T.B. Jakes wrote in his book, Let it go, forgive so you can be forgiven. For some marriages shattered by humiliation and public or private disgrace, all they have left is love. Sure, it may be cracked by distrust, and the frame has been twisted by the harsh winds of unsuspected secrets, but the core of what matters, the portrait beneath the glass and within the frame, yet remains. Sometimes you don't know what matters until you have lost all else. Many couples, finally free of secrets and forced by the storm to be totally honest, discover that rebuilding though tedious and stressful, is yet possible. Sorrow has its reward. It never leaves us where it found us. If our out outlook is expanded and purified, the unhappiness will dissolve. It is life-giving to learn the lessons God teaches. The furnace separates the gold from the dross that this precious metal may be graven with the image of God. Constantly turn away from the objects of the human mind and look toward the imperishable things of spirit. If honest, you will be in earnest from the start and joyfully gain a little each day in the right direction. If persistent, you will make the transition from limited substance to the substantial unlimited. 
2 Samuel. And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and when he requested, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servant said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, and when the child died, you arose and ate food. And he said, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in to her and lay with her. So she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him, and he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet, so he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. 21st Century Science and Health Mortals can never understand God's creation while believing that human beings are creators. Whether marriage or reproduction happens or not, God's children, spiritual beings, already created, will be recognized as we awake to the truth of being. Spiritually to understand that there is but one creator, God, reveals all creation, confirms scripture, and brings the sweet assurance of no parting and no pain, which in turn exposes the deathless, perfect, and eternal ideal. Spiritual science presents unfoldment, not accumulation. Mind science presents revelation, not big bang. There is no growth from material molecule to mind. Creation is the impartation of divine mind. As human generation ceases, the unbroken links of eternal harmonious being will be discerned, and person not of the mortal flesh, but coexistent with God will appear. The scientific fact that individuals and the universe are evolved from spirit and so are spiritual is as fixed in divine science as is the proof that mortals gain the experience of health only as they lose the sense of destruction and disease. If practicing Christian science and educating your own offspring spiritually, you then can educate others spiritually and not conflict with the scientific sense of God's creation. One day, a child will ask, do you keep the first commandment? Do you have one God, creator, or are human beings creators? 
if you answer God creates human beings through human beings, the child may retort. Do you teach that spirit creates materially through human beings? The child may retort. Do you teach that spirit creates materially? Or do you teach that spirit is infinite and creates spiritually? Jesus said, the people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. When law is portrayed as physical instead of spiritual, natural science represents a kingdom divided against itself. In absolute love, nature and God are one. Law is spiritual and the natural order of heaven comes down to earth. We disown the Almighty when we assign spiritual power to matter. Every time human theories give power to material elements, we presume the self-evolution and self-government of matter, or we assume that matter is the product of spirit. The first presumption, matter as a power in and of itself, leaves the creator out of his own universe. The second assumption regarding God as the creator of matter automatically makes God responsible for all disasters, physical and moral. To empower matter is to announce infinite life as the source of destruction and to make spirit guilty of maintaining perpetual disorder, all under the name of natural law. In one sense, God is identical with nature, but this nature is spiritual and is not expressed in quantum or atomic structures. God is natural good and is represented only by the idea of goodness, whereas evil and destruction should be regarded as unnatural because opposed to the nature of spirit, God. The lawgiver is the divine ideal of omnipresent love and never strikes the child at prayer. We coexist with and reflect God, soul, substance, unchangeable and intelligent. If God, the all in all, be the creator of the spiritual universe, including individuals, then everything entitled to a classification as truth or science must be comprised in a knowledge or understanding of God. There can be nothing beyond illimitable divinity.